Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. God will help me for the next few moments in our preaching, teaching, Bible studies, however the Lord would lead. I want to speak on the subject of peace. In fact, the Lord um, had brought to me an old song that I remember singing. In fact, I want to ask Caitlin and, and Beverly to join me on platform. They had no clue I'm going to ask them to <laughs> Just come, would you just come up here and join me? Everybody say peace, peace, peace. Peace, peace, peace. We're just, let's just stand right here together with this one microphone. We're going to sing that old chorus. Peace. There is peace, peace. Wonderful peace coming down from the fire. spoke that song into my spirit. It's an old hymn. For those of you who know, you might not hear that on the charts right now, but it's, it's an oldie but a goodie. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn with me to Genesis chapter 32. I like impromptu times like that when the spirit leads. I didn't even have a key for the keyboards. We just took off, didn't we? Well, we didn't even have a key. Everybody say peace, peace, peace. Peace, peace. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let you go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. 
For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him, said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou doest ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Punel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted, or he limped, upon his thigh. Father, I ask tonight that in this course of Scripture, and in this time of investigating, digging deep into the Word, that you would show us how to move past our scars, how to move past our limp, and find purpose in the pain, find significance in the struggle. God, I'm asking you to anoint your people. And God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Again, I'm asking you to say peace, peace, peace. Look at your neighbor who you're sitting next to and say, isn't it time we made peace with one another? You may have fought all the way here, but you have no choice but to be at peace tonight. <laughs> I want to talk to you today about peace with your scars. You can't live very long without being injured. You can't live very long without having some kind of hurt or pain in your life. And sometimes the wounds heal up and there's no sign that it ever happened to you. But there are certain wounds that are so severe, a cut so deep, that even after it heals up and the pain goes away, it leaves a scar. Scars, we all have had them. I see scars from falling off of a bike or a scar from a surgery to remove an illness. Scars from an accident that you might have been involved in. There are physical scars, scars that we can see, and then there are invisible scars. Scars that come from an inner wound that has laid inside of you. Scarred by the divorce. Scarred by what somebody said. Scarred by mistakes that we made. And so often I've found that we try to hide our scars. I want you to write that down because it's a truth. We don't like, we put on our Sunday face, we brought our 50 pound Bible, we said howdy, howdy, waved at everybody while we came in tonight like we were on the Macy's Day Parade. And yet, we got some stuff going on on the inside that we don't want anyone else to know about and we don't see anything positive about the scars because it reminds us of the hurt, it reminds us of the sickness, it reminds us of the betrayal, and we just wish that the scar would go away. We wish if we put enough lotion on it, it would go away. If we put enough beauty cream on it, <laughs> it would vanish away. Come on, somebody. But I want you tonight if God helped me to see your scars in a new light, from a different perspective. 
In fact, I tweeted this out this afternoon that God did not allow the scar to discourage you. He allowed it to remind you of what he brought you through. When you see the scar, don't think of the pain, but think of the grace of God. The scar means that the wound is healed. The scar means the pain is over and you are now moving forward. The scar means what kept you awake at night is now behind you. Don't get bitter and don't live in regret. That scar is a reminder of how faithful God has been. Without his mercy, that mistake could have stopped your purpose. Without his healing, that sickness could have brought everything to an end. And when you are tempted to give up, and when you are tempted to get discouraged, and you think you know this obstacle is just too big, then I want you to look at that scar. And I want you to see where God's hand has already brought you through. God, you healed me back then. God, you restored my marriage. You helped me through the loss of my loved one. It wasn't easy. It left a scar in my life. But this scar is a reminder of your goodness. This scar is a reminder that if you did it back then, you can do it for me right now. You are a God who keeps your word and stand sure upon your promise. If you'll see scars the right way, they'll be fuel for your faith. Your faith will get charged. Your faith will get re-energized. If you can look at the scar the right way, because scars have a way of reminding you of the goodness of God. You don't have to hide your scars. In fact, I felt like that was for somebody tonight. You don't even have to try to hide your scars. You don't have to be embarrassed by what you went through. You can be at peace with your scars. No one in the scriptures that I've ever found and read fulfilled their destiny without scars in their life. Can I tell you, we all get wounded. Things happen in life that we didn't see coming. Unexpected illness, loss, people come against us. We ourselves make mistakes. We have to move our family in with us to help accommodate them through a time of sickness. But I want you to know that if you are going to fulfill your destiny, instead of being depressed by what you went through, instead of being depressed by what you're going through, instead of walking around in self-pity, cause it wasn't fair, it wasn't right, I want you to get a new perspective tonight. And I want you to determine in your heart that the enemy may have tried to stop me, but God healed me. How do I know? Because I got a scar to prove it, that God has been faithful. I'm not ashamed of my scars. I'm not depressed over it. I'm at peace with the scars that are in my life. Oh, I know that it was the hand of God that was protecting me, not letting the opposition to defeat me. The scar doesn't have to remind me of the pain. It can remind me of the goodness and the greatness of, of the God that 
that I serve. I'm here to tell somebody the enemy should have killed you when he had the chance, but he was not able to take you out. Yes, you've got a scar. Yes, it was painful, but look at where you come from. Look at how God has brought you through. Here you are tonight, healed, restored, vindicated, blessed, filled with purpose. Somebody say, I'm not ashamed of my scar. I got a scar personally on my stomach that is about eight inches long. In 2017, they cut me open. The doctors did everything they could to prevent having to cut me in my core. They cut through my muscles. Um, I have never, there's certain uh, nerve endings I don't have anymore. Six months after my surgery, I had developed a, two uh, incisional hernias and had to be cut in the same place again. And the devil is a lie. And, and they said, Mr. Hilton, we're going to try to do this laparoscopic. And, but if we can't, we're going to have to cut you. And when I come out of surgery both times, it was unsightly. I told Beverly, I'm deformed looking. I, it's just a cut me. It just looks awful. And it will be with me all of my life. But today, I'm just grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful that I'm breathing. I'm grateful that I got up. Hallelujah. When I woke up this morning, the scar was still there, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the goodness of the Lord. I'm so grateful. Your scars can remind you of the pain or they can remind you of the grace of God. And I have a question. Are you at peace with your scars or are you trying to hide them? Are you maybe living guilty today, mad at who hurt you, bitter by what you've been through? Those scars are not there to depress you. They are there to encourage you. They're reminders of what God brought you through. It may have been painful and it probably was unfair, but without the goodness of God, you wouldn't be where you are tonight. You wouldn't be in the seat you're sitting in. You wouldn't have the health you have. If it hadn't been God's hand in your life, you wouldn't be where you are right now. You'd still be wounded. You'd still be hurting. You'd still be depressed in the bed. You'd still be balled up in a fetal position. You would still be having a pity party, but look at you now. <laughs> look at you. You are restored. I, I want you to touch somebody on the shoulder and tell them, look at you now. You are a restored, you are healed, you are moving forward. But sometimes we have scars from self-inflicted wounds where we have made poor choices and we have no one to blame except us. When I was a child, all the kids in our neighborhood had big wheels. I, I, I pulled up one on the internet to see if they still had one. I want to know in this audience, does anybody remember this particular model? I, I was really impressed because this one didn't have the, it still has the brake attached. 
on the right side. Anybody see the brake? Sometimes it would, it would break and you didn't have no brake. <laughs> and then you could position the little plastic blue seat to whether your feet would reach the pedals. Anybody remember that? And if you drove this thing long enough, the plastic would run out. And you know what you'd be asking for Christmas? A new big wheel. Kids ain't really lived till they rode a big wheel in the city in a crowded intersection. <laughs> I was raised in the street. Everything around us was cement. My wife was raised in the country with roosters and cows, chickens and, and meadows and rolling hills. I was in the ghetto. <laughs> when you fell down, even our playground at school was ghetto. We didn't have no mulch. We didn't have no, there wasn't nothing. There wasn't no rubber mulch, there wasn't no padding. They built our, our, toy, our toys that we, our monkey bars and jungle gyms, and so it was all on blacktop asphalt. If you fell, oh well. They'd come out and pick you up and say, guess you ain't gonna do that again. We didn't have no nurse's station. I remember riding down the hill in this big wheel and I come around the corner into the neighbor's yard, into the neighbor's driveway. We were in the road. I wasn't supposed to be in the road, but I was in the road because all my friends were in the road. And we were riding and we would jump the curb and then land in Mr. Mahoney's driveway. We called him Crash Mahoney because Mr. Mahoney was way up in years and every time he pulled his car into his garage, he scraped the side of his car. <laughs> and we just took our liberty riding in his driveway because he had the big driveway. And I remember jumping the curb and I lost control and I fell over and I scraped the whole side of my right face on the pavement. And, and I was knocked out cold. And they come and got me and I remember my mom waking me up and they had to rush me to the hospital and tell me don't go to sleep and they kept picking on me, trying to not let me sleep. Amen, know what I'm talking about? I just, well, I was, uh, I was out of it. I just, well, didn't, I wanted to rest. And I'm telling you, I had the ugliest road burn on my face. I mean, it was awful. And I had to live with that and it left partial scars upon me. Don't get too close to me, you see it. But I'm not ashamed of it. I, and I think back to that day when I see kids now, this day, taking risks. And most kids that I've seen um, today don't take as many risks as the kids that did in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s because we're too busy looking at our phones and we don't take any risks. We, we don't know how to get off the couch. We walk through the kitchen like this, trying to cook and hold our phones the whole time with our AirPods on. We don't even know how loud we're chewing because we have our AirPods in. And, 
and we just do all that. But I'm saying back in the day when we took risk, anybody know I'm, we take risk and we'd be out there. I have a different perspective today. I was going so fast when I was riding that big wheel and I took too many chances and I have the scar right here to prove it. But even though it was my fault and I jumped the curb, it couldn't blame it on my friends, couldn't blame it on David Jones, couldn't blame it on Jeff Hesh. I couldn't blame it on my buddies in the neighborhood, it was mine to own because I jumped the curve and lost control and have the scar to prove it. It was my fault, but God brought me through it. God will some will bring you through even your self-inflicted wounds. I'm here to preach to somebody. The truth is we all have scars from mistakes we've made. Don't point at anybody, maybe not physically, but an invisible scar. We got off course somewhere. We gave in to a temptation. We hung around people who pulled us down. We didn't take care of our marriage. We could let those scars remind us of our mistakes. We could go around feeling guilty or we can let the scar remind us of the grace of God that has kept us and is still keeping us today. God did not allow that scar so you can constantly think about your failures. He allowed it so you would think about his mercy and his forgiveness. And I know I'm preaching an odd message tonight and it's talking even about peace because the Lord told me to remind you that you can have peace even after you have to look at that old ugly scar. Quit beating yourself up over your past. Quit blaming in your yesterday. Quit talking about all the mess that you were in and you can't let it go and the people you hurt or the people that offended. The enemy who is known as the accuser, he is an accuser of the brethren. He'd love for you to live in regret. He'd love for you to be down on yourself. He'd love for you not to be enjoying the grace of God because you're so focused on your mistakes that you've made and the things you did wrong even trying to hide your scars. But those scars were never meant to be hidden. I hear the Holy Ghost speaking to somebody. You don't have anything to be ashamed of. Hallelujah. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. That scar is a reminder of the mercy of God. Don't let it be turned into something that makes you feel guilty. God has done too much for you. God has brought you along way. He brought you up out of a horrible pit. He paid too big of a price. He brought you too far for you to shrink back in yesterday's guilt. You can be at peace with your scars. Nothing that you've ever done took God by surprise. He knew every mistake that you would make. He knew every time you would take a wrong turn and he wouldn't have allowed it if it was going to keep you from your purpose. God it's going to turn your scar into a testimony. You got to praise God and thank him. Lord, I didn't see it coming. I wish I could go back, but I'm not going to look at it like that anymore. I'm going to let my scar prove that there is a God who loves me, who is full of mercy and full of grace, and he has a purpose. A purpose for my life. I've learned that when you get back up on your feet 
and you've been wounded, I've learned that there will always be some people that instead of being your healer, and instead of pouring the oil in your wounds, help you to get back on your feet, they're the same church folk, oops, the same folks that will judge you by your mistakes. They'll try to disqualify you, but people don't have the final say. They didn't call you. They didn't breathe life into you. They didn't know you before you were yet formed in your mother's womb. People may have written you off, but don't you get discouraged. God has already written you in. Somebody said, I know him as the author. I know him as the finisher of my faith. And I have persuaded that God is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Don't you get discouraged. Don't you fall into that trap of self-feeling low and pouting. Lift your eyes and thank God. Lord, you make a crooked path straight. Lord, you turn it around and you'll even cause my enemies to be at peace with me. My scar, it don't look good. My scar is unsightly, but you weren't there when God healed me. You weren't there when God delivered me. I feel my help on a Wednesday night. I wish I could preach on a Wednesday night and tell somebody that God chose you before you ever chose him. He knew right where you would be. Tell somebody I'm called and it don't matter what you say. (laughs) You remember that scripture that said the calling of God is irrevocable. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. You couldn't even give your gift or calling back to God once you've accepted it. He won't change his mind. He's already decided to show you mercy. He already decided to heal your wound. He already decided to give you another chance. Don't you believe the lie that you blew it? Well, you had your chance. You're going to have to live the rest of your life on the sideline. Oh, no, player. Get back in the game. God has a masterful plan. That scar didn't say you were finished. That scar said, I'm going to finish strong. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That scar is a sign I am healed. I am delivered. I'm ready for action. If God was done with me, he would have took me on home. But I'm still here. And if I'm still here, there's something yet in me that God wants to do. Somebody needs what you have. Somebody needs your smile. Somebody needs your handshake. Somebody needs your love. Somebody needs your gifts. Come on, somebody say yes. Touch somebody and tell them everybody's got scars. 
The scars don't disqualify you. The scars prepare you. You learn from every experience. I'm gaining something now that I will need down the road. Nothing you've been through will be wasted. It's all part of God's plan. So the scar reminds me of the mercy of God. And I just want to know all of you that think that I've been in your kitchen reading your mail. It was the Holy Ghost. I heard the Lord say this in my time of prayer this afternoon. Are you beating yourself up over your past? Are you no longer chasing your dreams because you've lost the passion for life? The enemy keeps reminding you of those self-inflicted wounds, how you blew it. You had your chance. But the next time that he comes and he shows you your scar, tries to make you feel guilty, just turn around and say, this scar reminds me of the mercy of God. It reminds me that I am redeemed. It reminds me that I am forgiven. I've heard it said that only God can take an ugly wound and turn it into a scar of beauty. Sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? But write this down. How can a scar be beautiful? Because I see scars as painful. I see scars as ugly. We'd rather forget what we've been through. We'd rather try to hide it, but our God knows how to take an ugly wound, a bitter divorce, a painful loss, an unexpected illness, and somehow, 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 he changes it into something beautiful. I didn't deserve the mercy. We didn't see how God could work it out. The odds were against us. But God not only brought us through it, he turned it into a scar of beauty. Now, when we look at it, we're blessed. We're grateful. We don't even really remember the pain or the heartache. We just remember the goodness of God. We were in the restaurant this past week Beverly and I, using up some of the gift cards that have been given to us over the years. My wife keeps all those gift cards. Rather her keep them than me lose them. <laughs> and she'll say, we got a gift card for this. I said, well, let's go. And just so happened that AJ and Nina were at track. And I said, let's go get us a little bite. Date night. Get a little bite. Get down tonight. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Don't get distracted. So we were... <laughs> Ooh, pray for me. So we were sitting there and I'm telling you, God has a way of bringing things to you 
and to see if there's any sting left in it. And we walked, we were sitting in that restaurant, we were minding our business, eating our chips and salsa and uh, cheese queso. Because it ain't chips and salsa unless there's queso. For me, anyway. And we're eating, and some person walked in who said, hi. And I heard the hi, but I didn't even look in that direction because... There was a lot of people in the restaurant. We were not too far from the cash register. And they said, hi. <laughs> I, I looked over them. I didn't even recognize them. Come to find out, these folks had caused a whole lot of problems in the ministry years ago. And you know, sometimes you don't even remember what they did. You just know they acted goofy. They went Looney Tunes. And you're like, scratch your head like, Lord, I don't know what to do for these people. And they caused a huge mess. If it was me, and I caused a big mess for people, I'd be trying to be tiptoeing and ninja. I'll go to the back door to get my chips. Can you bring it out back? <laughs> but when I looked at this individual, I did not even know them. They yelled my wife's name. That's the only way that we put two and two together. You talk about a deer in headlights. Not us. I was at peace, peace, peace. I just looked and thought, that's just like God. He will cause you to not even remember. Because now all you can remember is the goodness of God. Because if that hadn't happened, you wouldn't be where you are right now. My mom and daddy's people are coal mining people from eastern Kentucky. They born and raised in the Appalachian Mountains. My grandfather was a coal miner, my mom's dad, until he lost his leg, part of his leg, most of his leg removed because two carts were coming down uh, the track underground and he got his leg pinned in between it and they had to amputate his leg. They buried his leg. I don't know why y'all laughing. They, they buried my papa's leg. And even told the story that his leg had got to hurting so bad while he was in recovery that they went and dug the leg up and turned it the other direction. And it helped him. I lost my organ player on that one because you... Okay. Some of y'all be like, what kind of mess did you come out of? I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Y'all, some of you know what I'm talking about. But my papa Coleman, 
he walked like this. He would, he would pull that leg up. He had this much of his nub left on his leg right here. And he'd pull that leg up. And we'd walk behind him, mimicking him, us kids. But my papa would get out into the garden and he would, with that wooden leg, he'd plow a garden. With that wooden leg, he'd plant a garden. With that wooden leg, he would reap the harvest of that garden. And I never heard him complain one time. He walked with that wooden leg all his life. All of my life knowing him, he had that wooden leg. Never complained. His attitude was, Lord, I thank you that I can at least walk. And he'd just carry that leg. You can imagine what a surprise it would be in the middle of the night when you had to leave the second floor of their little country home up in the holler. Midnight, it was, it was so dark, it was tomorrow night. It was so dark, you couldn't see nothing. And you'd have to go down steep stairs. It was the kind of bedroom that they had like five bed, beds all up in the top. Everybody just grabbed a bed. And my, the only restroom in the house was in my grandfather's uh, bedroom. And you'd have to tiptoe in there. And what a shock you would get when you would turn on the light with the, with the rope or the string. And his leg be sitting right up there. <laughs> you, talk about, you talk about saying, Lord, I don't know what's going on. Scared to death. It's dark. There's a wood leg over here. <laughs> I hear something moving in the bushes and the trees. <laughs> but my papa would get up in the morning, put a sock on his nub, put that old wooden leg on, harness it up over his shoulder, wore that, wore, wore that every day, get out and he'd go to town. He'd get to going. I'm trying to tell you something, that at least he could walk. He changed his position of the way that he looked at his scar. Instead of, woe is me, I'm going to sit here on this front porch, watch this creek run by every day, and never do anything. But not Ellis Coleman. He got up, and he raised a family, and he raised a farm, and he raised his home. I'm here to tell you he used his scar as a reminder Look at what God can bring you out of. God can bring you out of a horrible mess and still find purpose in your life. I'm preaching to somebody, even if you've got a wound, God can still give purpose to your life. In the scripture that we read tonight, Jacob had a lot of self-inflicted wounds. He was dishonest. He went around cheating people. He chicked his brother Esau out of his blessing and his birthright. He caused a lot of people in his family a lot of pain. Later in life, he decided to make a change. And he went down to the brook by himself to get alone with God. And there are some things that you're only going to work out when you get a shut in with God in a secret place. And the Bible said that while he was there, that the angel of the Lord looked like a man, wrestled with him all night long. 
The next morning as the angel was about to leave, Jacob held on to him and said, I know who you are and I'm not gonna let go of you until you bless me. And the angel who would end up giving him the blessing left, but in the struggle of the wrestle, Jacob hurt his hip. And the scripture would say, a paraphrase, that he walked away with a limp, but he had a blessing. What am I saying? You can have a limp and still be blessed. You can have a scar and still be successful. Who am I preaching to? You can go through something like my grandfather did and still do great things in your life. But too often we let our scars limit us because some of the scars weren't even our fault. Scarred through a tough childhood, molested, raped, treated wrong. Scared or scarred from a breakup. Scarred from an illness. But those scars don't have to stop you. Here's what I know. The scars are your testimony. That's your story. You don't have to hide it. Everybody's got a scar. That's your story. Well, pastor, I've, I, I've been through too much. I have so many scars. I don't see how I could ever accomplish my dreams. I know someone who has more scars than you. And he fulfilled his purpose. He came 2,000 years ago. He was betrayed by his friends, misunderstood by his family, forced to wear a crown of thorns. His hands and his feet were pierced where they nailed him to a cross. Had a big gouge in his side from a spear. His back was lashed over 39 stripes. Who was more scarred than our Savior? And what amazes me, hear me, when Jesus rose up from the grave, when he came up out of that dead place, you would think he'd be completely healed. You would think that everything would be restored back to normal. But even in the resurrection power, when he came back to life, he still had scars. They were so significant that God didn't take them away. You know, the Bible says that when we get to heaven, we're going to have a glorified body. A brand new body. No scars. No more pain. And God could have made his skin like new. But on purpose, he left the scars. And I don't know, maybe, if it was just part to show us that it's okay to have scars. It's okay if you've made mistakes. It's okay if you've been betrayed. It's okay if you had to deal with the loss of a loved one. You can somehow come to peace with your scars knowing that you worship a Savior who got up with scars from a risen grave. 
And God is saying, don't let those disappointments, what didn't work out, don't let the things that hurt you or even the mistakes that you've made in your own life, in your past, don't make it, don't let it stop you from your purpose in the year of 2022. Use your scars. Give somebody a fist pound and say, use your scars. Now, I can't promise you that the scars will go away. Some scars last a lifetime. But I can promise you that you don't have to let it keep you from your destiny. You can be at peace with it. Every time I have to see that old scar in my belly, it's not what I wanted, but I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm happy. After the resurrection, if you remember the story, the disciples were in the room together and afraid and the doors were locked. And then you remember when Jesus just suddenly appeared in the midst of them and he held out his hands so that they could see his scars. And then he showed them the wound in his side. Now there was one disciple who was not there that day. His name's Thomas. He would take on an adjective called Doubting Thomas. And when they told him that they had seen the Lord, they, he thought that they were just distraught and seeing things. And he said, I won't believe it until I feel the prince in his hands and touch the wound in his side. And the Bible said a few days later, Jesus appeared again. And this time, Thomas was there. And Jesus went over to Thomas and he held out his hands and he said, Thomas, touch my scars, feel my wounds. And the Thomas fell down at the feet of Jesus and said, Lord, I believe. And I said that to say this, maybe someone needs to touch your scar to believe. Someone needs to see what you went through to help them with what they're going through right now. Somebody needs to hear your story. Don't hide your scar. Show your scar. I was raised in a church where we put our church face on we shouted on Sunday morning. We shouted on Sunday night. Then we'd drag ourselves to work on Monday. We just thought God showed up once a month and tore the house apart, but we really didn't know how to appropriate how to live in the dunamis power of God every day. If you shout on Sunday, you should still be shouting on Monday. You just have to learn how to be a dynamo Christian, not a dynamite Christian. Dynamite Christians have one big explosion, shout, tear the, shout, dance their weave off. You don't see them again till the next church chicken dinner, which is in two months. But dynamo Christians live in the appropriation of the favor and the power of God. They have learned how to walk in faith. And the greatest joy I can have as a pastor. Hear this and hear this with a, with a great love. 
is that when I no longer get a phone call at three o'clock in the morning from a distressed saint, because they have now learned how to stand on the word of God for themselves. They have learned how to walk it out in faith. They have learned how to draw a line in the sand and say, devil, you can't cross. My God, I wish I could preach right here. They have learned how to say, I know whom I have believed. I will anoint my own head. I will be my own usher. I'll catch my own self. As they come, maybe someone needed to hear this tonight because people all around us are wounded, hurting, discouraged, and lonely. I don't maybe know how the disciples thought they were going to make it. How are we going to make it? How are we going to make it? But when Jesus showed him them his scars and they saw that it was him it was him. The scars were left there for them to see. It helped them through to carry his gospel message out. What you're going through and gone through, even this year, is God's going to use it for his glory. This is not the time to quit. This is not the time to throw in the towel. This is not to become Twisted Sister or Hur Hurricane Henry. This is the time to hold fast. And trust God. And even when you see the scars, I'm telling you, there will come a day you will look at people and don't even know who they are. You won't even remember. And you'll be like, I didn't God hit. Heads are bowed for a moment. I would ask you, are you hiding your scars? Are you embarrassed by what you've been through? <clears throat> Are you bitter because of who hurt you? Are you losing sleep? You're up one day, the next couple days you, that you can't get past it. I'm here to tell you, out of great love as your pastor, God didn't show you mercy just for your sake. He didn't bring you through that just so you could be the one to say, I made it through. He brought it, you through it because someone else is going to need to know that they can trust God with their scars too. So don't hide your scar. I'm not saying you tell all your business. I'm just saying, don't hide your scar. Look at it different. God is going to use it for his glory. And I can have peace, 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 even with my scar. Father, I ask today that you would touch your people and bring us to a place of healing and wholeness, Lord, where you will use what we've been through. You will make us your vessel so that at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, it was for my good and it was for your glory. That I'll look back over my shoulder a few days, a few months, a few years from now. And I'll say, if it had not been for the Lord, 
If it had not been for the mercy of God, I wouldn't be where I am today. I had to be broken for better use. I had to be wounded because it increased my worship. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, Lord, have mercy. I may just be preaching to me tonight, but I'm telling you, I feel this. God's going to turn them scars around. He's going to use it. So don't blame. Thank. In fact, thank your enemies because God used them to get you to where you are going. Father, I want to thank you now. And I want you to just begin worshiping and praying around this place. And I want, the, I, I want you, don't let anything, don't let anything keep you from prayer. If you want to come to this altar, come and pray. It's nobody's business what you're praying about. We all in this together and we all need to pray. And I love the altar. I spend time in the altar. It's so good. The altar is where I'm altered. When you've been altered by the altar, you will never be the same. So I want to ask the saints. I want to ask the church folk. I want to ask the folks that have been through something. If you've got a scar and you want to, if you've got one of them scars like I do, come and join me in the altar. Let's find us a place to pray. And while we're praying, we're praying for our brothers and our sisters too. Use me, Lord. God's going to use somebody in a great way. Hallelujah. Those of you that are online, kneel down wherever you are. I hear the Holy Ghost. I hear the Holy Ghost speaking to you right in your living room, right in your bedroom, on your bed, in your chair. Hallelujah. Woo! I just see somebody on the floor on a piece of carpet. You would just find you a place and say, Lord, I need you. I need you, Lord. I need you. Scar is going to teach me. Scar is going to bless me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. 